we'll see that just like many people must have, must have heard about Jesus, but it does not necessarily mean that they know him. Just like you and I, we know of the prime minister. We know of the royalty, but we don't know them. But you know that the moment that you meet with them, something changes. I mean, if you imagine um, Dora Raglan, the, the, the mother of, um, um, of Megan, praise the Lord. Do you think our life will remain the same? I mean, you can imagine she would have read things about the queen. She would have read things about the royal family. And now, she had tea. I'm sure in her life, as an American, she probably never had tea before. You know, the best she had is probably cold tea, you know, loads with packed with sugar. But for the first time in her life, having tea, and not just having ordinary tea, proper China cupware with her royal majesty. Amen. Amen. You know those small tea that you just take, you know, one gulp, the tea is all gone. But you can't take one gulp because you're sitting down with the royal majesty. So you sip it. Praise the Lord. I'm sure they would have trained her how to sip that tea before she went there. <laughs> so if you imagine that in spite, I was reading something that, because she was a little bit nervous that she's going to meet the queen. And our son-in-law, Prince Harry, had to kind of say, look, uh, grandma is not like that. You know, I began to say nice things and how hospitable and warm she is. And just to put her at ease so that when she meets the royal majesty, you know, uh, she'll be comfortable. And what we're going to see is that every one of us, just as we're introduced to Jesus, everybody needs an introduction to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And whether you like it or not, God has equipped you, God has called you to introduce someone that you know to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 35 to 38. And again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus, they were probably still looking at Jesus, even his disciples. You and I know that they've heard about Jesus. Because the Bible says that John was preaching in the wilderness, telling everybody about the Messiah. But apart from John, actually, John was not actually telling them what they didn't know. They all knew that the Messiah was coming. They were expecting the Messiah. But who the Messiah is, they don't know. So it was not exactly news to them that there is a Messiah. But they don't know if he's come. They don't know him. They don't know his identity. But John stood and looked and John looking, verse 36, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. What do you think that the two disciples followed Jesus? The whole essence of John the Baptist was to tell people about Jesus. And now they realize that, well, my goodness, the real thing is come. They followed him. 
But without John introducing them to Jesus, without John identifying Jesus to them, they wouldn't have known who to follow. Hello, someone. Then Jesus turned and seen them, verse 38, following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, teacher, where are you staying? I'm going to deal more with that next week. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. I pray, O God Almighty, that, Lord, your word will go forth in simplicity yet in power, confirming them with signs and wonders today in the name of Jesus. I pray that every heart, O God, will be cultivated and ready, O God, to receive your word in the name of Jesus. I pray that, Lord, every hear we hear, your spirit, O God, even, Lord Almighty, that beyond my voice, behind my voice, your voice will be heard in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, I pray, God Almighty, that Lord will not be forgetful here of your word, but doers of your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray, God Almighty, for your enablement, O God, to do your word as you instruct us today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we give you the praise. We honor you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, O God, for unction to function this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Every one of us needs an introduction to Jesus just as every one of us has been introduced to Jesus. I believe I've shared my testimony here before, but I want to share it again in case you've never heard. Just like Apostle Paul, kind of, but I'm not on his level, I was raised up in the church. I was born into a committed Anglican family. As a matter of fact, my grandfather was a vicar, was a pastor. I lived for him with him when I was very young for about a year with my grandparents. So I had a strong, if you like, strong Christian tradition. I went to church every Sunday. In fact, out of all my siblings, I was the one that loved church most. Because, you know, if we grade who willingly went to church, I probably went to church more than any one of them. You know? And at the age of 13-ish, I began to sense that I needed a deeper relationship with God. I didn't know what, what it is. But I wanted, I just wanted to, I wanted to, to know God. I wanted, I couldn't explain it, but I desired more of God. And the interesting thing is that I began to read the Bible more. I began to go to church more. I got involved with the church, you know, as much as I was, I, I had the opportunity to. But yet, there was something still missing. And in fact, I was very frustrated. I read the Psalms, I read the Proverbs, and my goodness, the more I read, the more I got frustrated because I couldn't, I wasn't getting anything out of the scripture. At age 18, I was then introduced to this Jesus that I was looking for. And as I say, 
I was trying to calculate the years, and I realized that that was 32 years ago. And as I met this Jesus, it was a church service I went, another church service I went in the evening. In fact, I can't quite explain in a sense that what really happened that day. Because I can't remember any of the sermon that day, but I knew I stood up for the altar call. But there was something that really, really attracted me. Was the manifestation of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues. That was, that was, I didn't want to be born again, per se, that day, because I mean, I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to speak in tongues. I so much desired it. I got into it and I was, you know, I was attracted to it. I didn't know that it was God that was pulling me. I stood up for the altar call, and in that church, when you stand up for the altar call, you also be prayed for and uh, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I went into the room in which we were all being prayed for. I think there were about eight of us, or probably about ten, no more than twelve, you know, were prayed for. And the guy that was telling us about, you know, the importance of being born again and all the stuff like that, and the feeling of the Holy Spirit and the impact of the feeling of the Holy Spirit was speaking. I said, now I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay my hands upon you and pray for you. I remember that I was the only person in the room that the hands were not laid upon. As the guy finished speaking, bang, I started speaking in tongues. Now, I knew it was God setting me up, but I didn't exactly. And something happened to me that night that I knew I met with Jesus. Because the same Bible that I had, that Bible was a textbook. That's the only Bible that, you know, was a textbook because I just, um, not too long, I used it to, for, for my, what you call GCSE here, or my O-levels, my YEC, we call it. It was textbook. The last time I read it was textbook. And I picked the Bible, the same Bible, I began to see, what? And these are the same texts that I've read, for example. And it became life to me. I couldn't leave the Bible. Within a week, I finished reading the Old Testament. Within a couple of months, I've read the Old Bible. Because I, just, I was just so, so fascinated that all this while that I've been trying to read this while, why couldn't I? All my friends, everybody around me heard the gospel then. Don't ask me what I was preaching, I don't know. But I just, because I just knew that, look, this Jesus that I've encountered, you can't but not encounter it. And why am I saying that? I'm saying that because you might have thought that your friends or your family that have been in church all the while or that have heard about Jesus, you might have assumed that they know Jesus. But I'm saying, just like these guys, they've heard about Jesus, but they don't know him. They know of him, but they don't know him. But when John introduced them to Jesus, they followed. Something happened. The same thing as me. When I was introduced at the age of 18, I followed. Life changed. Let's look at John chapter 10. Just to bring it home that what I'm saying is not something you might just say, well, Pastor, I think it's just your experience. I was born a Christian. 
from her mother's womb, I could speak in tongues. I knew Jesus. But we will see from the scripture that when Paul says that, look, no one, no one can identify or know Jesus without the introduction. And just as I think that you will not meet a dignitary, you know, um, without an introduction, no matter how you are or what you are. If you turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 10, and I'll read from verse 14, then I'll jump to verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. It reads, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Turn to your neighbor and tell the person, you are a preacher. You are the preacher. Hallelujah. So, under your watch, there's no excuse why nobody should hear the gospel. Turn to your neighbor again and tell them that. That under your watch, there's no excuse why no one should hear the gospel. Because you are the preacher. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? Turn to your neighbor again. Say, this morning, I have been commissioned. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, you've been what? So you have been sent. Hallelujah. If you need a title, I call you a reverend today. Praise the Lord. If you need a title, I call you preacher today. If that is not good for you, I call you bishop. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And look at what it says. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of feet of peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things? How beautiful. I think one of the joyous things that you can experience is when you preach the gospel to someone and the person gives their life to Christ. I don't know anything that is more exciting than that. And if anybody has ever done that before, you can bear me a witness, isn't it? When you Share the gospel song, and the person, in fact, well, I think is as close or as good as delivering your child. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Look at verse 17. And this is why it is important that you will speak, you will share the gospel. Don't just assume that they will catch it because you are around them. 
it is good that you live the life and demonstrate the life, but you need to speak the word. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, speak. speak. Look at verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. While I was um, thinking of this message, a thought dropped in my spirit that I shared on my Facebook um, this morning, actually, that faith is the fuel of the righteous. No, I, I put this in. The, uh, the fuel of the righteous is faith produced by the word of God. The fuel of the righteous is faith produced by the word of God. In other words, what makes you and I righteous is faith based on the word of God. So it's not just your willpower, it's not just your desire, it's not your determination, but it's that faith, that confidence in God based on the promises of the word of God. That is what makes us righteous. That is a few. That is what makes us thick. And why is this very important? Why is it significant that we share, we express our faith? Why is it that we introduce our neighbors, our loved ones? Why is it, why is it important that we introduce them to Jesus? There are three reasons why it's important that we introduce them to Jesus. Number one, everyone by default, I've said this over and over, by default, every one of us is separated from God. And because we are separated from God, it has left us in a state of ignorance of the word of God. The Bible calls it wickedness. And because of that, there is no desire for us to serve the living God. There's more of the desire to do what we want to do. There's more of the desire to do what excites us rather than what excites God. Hallelujah. Turn your Bible with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 10 to verse 23. But I would like to read these from the Amplified Translation. For the benefit of time, I would have read it from both translations, but let me read it from the Amplified Translation. As it is written and forever remains written, there is none righteous, none that meets God's standards. No one, not even one. There is none who understands, there is none who seeks God. And you see, my experience. When I was trying to find God, I was trying to find God without being born again. I was trying to locate God without my spirit being renewed. And that's why every religious and spiritual activity that I was doing meant nothing. 
because I didn't realize that I was spiritually detached from God. There's none who seek for God. All have turned aside, therefore they have become useless. There's none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open grave. They habitually deceive their tongues. The venom of abs is beneath their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and mysteries are in their path, and they have not known the path of peace. There is no fear of God, and is also power before their eyes. That is why, not under your watch, nobody deserves to endure this mystery. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell them again, say, under your watch, no one deserves to continue to live under this mystery of ungodliness. Paul describes as a useless and unprofitable venture when you're in a position when you have the relationship with Jesus. He said, there's no fear of God and it's awesome power before their eyes. Verse 19. Now we know that whatever the law of Moses says, it speaks to those who are under the law, you know, just as we saw last week, that the law only expresses that you have sinned, but has no ability to deliver you from sinning. Of every mouth, no, that the, ex, let me read from verse again. Now we know that whatever the law of Moses says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that the excuses of every mouth may be silenced from protesting, and that all the world may be held accountable to God and subject to his judgment. Verse 20. For no person will be justified, freed of guilt and declared righteous in his sight by trying to do the works of the law. That's what I was trying to do for 18 years. I was trying to please God by doing religious sacraments, by obeying everything in the law that I know without the spiritual transformation. For through the law, we become conscious of sin, and the recognition of sin directs us towards repentance, but provides no remedy for sin. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been clearly revealed independently and completely apart from the law. Though it is actually confirmed by the law and the words and writings of the prophet, the righteousness of God comes through faith in Christ Jesus. Did you see that? The righteousness of God is produced through faith in Christ Jesus. For all those, Jew or Gentile, who believe and trust in him and acknowledge him as God's son. It is not just sufficient to believe God or to believe, you know, that, that, that God is real. The real testimony is that Jesus came in flesh and is the son of God. The Bible says that anybody that denies that testimony God called God a liar. We saw that last week. So yeah, God is able. I believe God. That's not it. 
is believing that Jesus is the Son of God. There's no distinction. Since we have, we have all sinned, look at verse 23. Since we have all sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and being justified, declared free by the guilt of sin, made acceptable of God and granted eternal life as a gift of his precious undeserved. It is the free gift of God, the grace of God, that gives us the freedom from sin. It is, it is His grace that enables us to live right for God. And like I said last week, the grace of God is never a license for sin. And you will see, I, I, will, still, I will still dwell on that. And it can never be a license for sin. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3 tells us that, look, in the past, we, we, we used to live this way. But God delivered us from that godlessness. That is why under your watch, no one should continue under the mystery of ungodliness. Why is it important that the word of faith must be impacted? I told you it's the foil of the righteous. It is what produces. Let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 17. Verse 17, Romans chapter 1. Again, I'm reading from Amplified. Is it for the gospel... For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. It is in the gospel that the righteousness of God is revealed. It is in the gospel that the righteousness of God is revealed. So you can't keep your mouth shut and expect that people will know who Jesus is. The way we introduce Jesus, the way we point people to Jesus is by preaching of the gospel. Amen, somebody? Am I making sense this morning? For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith. Both springing from faith and leading to faith. Disclosed in a way that awakens more faith. In other words, when we hear the word of faith, it stirs up faith. You know, the way to remain in faith it's not by running. That's why Satan will make sure that you are so busy that you don't have time to study the word of God. That's why we draw your attention away from the word of God. It's amazing that we have an unlimited amount of resources now. On the internet, I mean, you, you'll be spoiled for choice. You be spoiled for choice. You go on YouTube, I mean, you, you, you will be spoiled rotten. Quality stuff that you will pay so much for before. Now they're available for free, but yet the word of God is scarcer than any time. There's some of you, the only time you've opened your Bible is today.
And after today, but in Jesus' name, that has changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. Where, how you were before, if it was how you were before, is next week again you come to church that you know where your Bible is. Or Sunday morning, that's where some of you are screaming, where's my Bible, where's my Bible? I left it there last week. Amen? Is anybody here like that? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I said, well, Pastor, but I have my Bible on my phone. Yes, you have it on your phone, but you are more on Snapchat than on the phone, on the Bible. Amen. Amen. And that's how the battery of your phone don't last the whole day. If you are reading the Bible the whole day, your battery will last longer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing spiritual about that. It's just application. <laughs> Praise God. So don't think that, oh, well, Pastor said, if I want my battery to last the whole day, if, I read, if your battery is dead already, it won't help. Amen. Praise God. Faith reveals Jesus. And that is filled or produced by the word of God. Amen. He said, as it is written and forever remains written, the just and upright shall live by faith. Amen. 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 The just shall what? Live by faith. The great reformation. So why must it be my responsibility to share the gospel with those who don't know? Number one, because you have been sent. Amen? Amen. Number one, because you have been sent. Number two, because it is God's desire. Tell your neighbor, why is it important for me to share the gospel? Number one. Number one, because it is because we are sent. Number two is God's desire. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2 with me. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. We saw it here later on. How shall they believe? How shall they hear except they find a preacher? And how shall a preacher go except he is sent? So number one, you are sent. Number two, we're looking at it here. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 says, God desires, or who desires, let me read, um, this is um, kind of um, two parts, this is why it's important for us to pray for those who are in position of authority and power, you know, uh, when this nation was really embedded in righteousness and the kingdom of God, they got the national anthem right. You know, every, you know, the national anthem is, every time we see the national anthem, we're praying for the queen. God save the queen. You know, but what people, and you see, interestingly, people don't realize that, you know, that in Europe, you know, United Kingdom has, 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 has had the most stable governance for over 200 years. In Europe, in the whole of Europe. And that's why, even though we are not the biggest, but we are one of the strongest. 
That's why it's only us that can say Brexit. Amen? But we've been praying, even those who don't know, they've been praying for the monarchy. God saved the king. Let's look at from verse 1. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 1. It says, Therefore I exhort first of all that all supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and all who are in authority that we may lead. You see, even for, 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 for selfish reasons, I want to encourage you. Make the habit of praying for the government and our royal majesty, the queen, and the house of wisdom. Make it an habit. Pray for them. You see, a lot of, a lot of time we have more criticism against the government rather than praying for them. But let your prayer outweigh your criticism. Praise the Lord. In this country, I would say, you know, you pray for the house of wisdom, you pray for our royal majesty, you pray for the, go the government led by prayers are made, the opposition leader by, uh, because it's part of the government, you know, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, even if you don't like them. You pray for members of parliament, pray for your MP, pray for your councillors, find out, you know, use them as a point of contact for those who are position of, 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 of authority in this time. For why? Verse 2. That we may lead a quiet and a peaceable, and a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Syria is not an exciting place to live. Or does anybody want to migrate to Syria today? It's our mission. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor Joshua has got the revelation of Syria. Amen. We'll be praying for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen? But you see, Syria is not peculiar. And the truth is that anywhere can be Syria. Prayer makes a difference. I was going to say the country of my Baba, was not actually the country of my Baba, but the country of my heritage, Nigeria. I mean, the only thing that is holding that country is prayer. However much you can criticize the Christians or whatever, that, the only thing that is holding that country is prayer. In the midst of everything that's happened in that country, I mean, it's, I don't think any country is, has gone through or is going through what that country is going through today and is still together. I don't know of any country. I'm sure they sit down and give the, why Syria has become Syria today. I'm sure Nigerians will just laugh. But is, that, is that what you're fighting on? My goodness. In fact, it would be difficult for us to comprehend. Because what we are contending with, I'm sure it's not compared to what probably caused their problem. But thank God for God. Amen? Amen. So that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reference. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior that we live in peace. Because if we don't live in peace, the gospel cannot flourish. If we don't live in peace, our job to do to 
propagate the gospel will be impossible. It is conditional that we have peace in our land. Amen? Amen. Verse 4. This is God's desire, you know. I was preparing you for this last week. You know, when we pray that, Lord, let what, what hates your heart, hate mine. Let your desire be my desire. And he says, who desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of truth? That is God's desire. That is God's heart. God's desire, white, blue, green, red, whatever color or category you want to qualify yourself. Race or nation you want to go. God desires that all men, non exception, to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That is God's heartbeat. And I pray that that will be our heartbeat this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's God's desire. Amen. And because that is God's desire, I pray that in this month and beyond, you'll be a heart cry. You'll be a heart cry. That nobody under our watch, not under my watch, will not hear the gospel. Amen. And next week I'm going to I'm going to uh, proceed. And see that, you know, it's not just telling them, it's not just telling them, it's also compelling them. We get tools and materials together in which to help you and facilitate this. But I pray that the Spirit of God will come upon you and you'll be so passionate to see people around you saved in the name of Jesus. And hear me, people of God, being saved is not about perfection. It's not about not making mistakes. It's not about getting everything together. But it's about having the heart of God. Amen. I'm going to close on this. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, not under my watch. Hallelujah. Let me read from verse, um, in fact, let's, let's look at chapter 1 first. I'm going to read verse 3. And I'm going to jump to verse 7. Verse 3 says, and this is Apostle John declaring and sharing with them. So basically I'm saying that I'm giving us another reason why under a watch no one should go without Jesus. And the purpose is that they might have fellowship with us. Not just fellowship alone, but that they may have fellowship with the Father and the Son as well. Read it, verse 3. That which I have seen, that which I have seen, so basically what I'm asking you to declare to your friends, your neighbors, and loved ones, is that which you have seen, that which you have heard. Share your testimony. Every one of us have a testimony. 
Share the testimony how you got to know Jesus. Share your testimony how Jesus was introduced to you. That which you have seen, that which you have heard, declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. The fellowship that you have with Jesus, the fellowship that you have with the Father, share that experience with someone. Look at verse 7. I said it's not about perfection. But it says, but if we, let's jump to verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So in other words, you can't say you are saved under grace and walking in darkness. Your lifestyle must be commensurate to what you say you believe. Faith must be accomplished by works. The works is not what saved, but the works demonstrate what you have inside. Verse 6 says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, this is where a lot of people make the mistake because they sit down on the eye that we are all sinners after all. But it doesn't finish it. He says, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, that means that I can keep on sinning and just confessing my sin. Okay, watch it. Let's, let's, let's see. Verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we have made him a liar and his word is not in us. Eh, hey, pastor, yeah, you see, I can sin and just confess it and God forgives me. That's it, you know, that's what the Bible says. Look at chapter 2. Verse 1, my little children, these things are right to you, so that you may not sin. Chapter 2 now. This I'm writing to you, you know, it's saying us, in, 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 um, in the beginning it tells us that, well, well if you sin, confess your sin, that's, that's you know, not, not a problem. But you see now it will produce that look. If you are in Christ, you will not have the habit of sinning. In other words, you will hate it. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you'll be perfect thereafter, and that's not what he's saying, which, which we'll see in a little while. He said, my little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the, right, the righteous. Again, it just sounds like, yes, you can keep on sinning. Jesus, the advocate, is there for you, washing your sin. Look at verse 2. And he himself is the preparation for our sin, and not for, for us only, but also for the whole world. Ah, well, who is Jesus then? His blood is washed all the sin. Hallelujah. Verse 3. You see, that's how you have to read the Bible in context. Don't just take one and, you know, and, and drop the others. Verse 3 says, now by this, we know that we know him. Now by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, how do we know that we keep his commandments? How do we know that we know him? 
How do we know that the, our friends that we have not shared the gospel with, how do we know that they know the Lord? How do we know that they have met with Jesus that we have introduced to them? How do we know? Look at verse, verse 4. He who would, he would says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. And what is his commandment? But whoever keeps his word... If you don't read this word, how will you keep it? If you don't hear it, how will you keep it? Truly, the love of God is perfected in him. But this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walks. And how do you walk? Verse 7. Brethren, I write no, no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, verse 8. A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already come. He who says that he is in light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So love is the key. Hallelujah. Verse 10. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother or sister is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Amen? You can't say you walk in light and not walk in love. And walking in love means that you will forgive. You walk in total forgiveness, not partial forgiveness. Not trying to forget about the wrong that has been done to you, but actually forgiving that person as well as forgetting that incident. That is total forgiveness. And that is the seed or the demonstration of love. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, just as Jesus was introduced by John to his disciples, you and I, we need to introduce our friends, our neighbors, our enemies, people around us. We need to introduce them to Jesus. And we need to introduce them to Jesus because, number one, God desires that every man be saved. Number two, because we have been sent. And it's important for us to express the gospel to them because that is the power to which they come to know the Lord because that, that is the expression of faith. And as we see that the righteous, they live by faith alone. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us rise up to our feet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see, for me and you, There's nothing we can do without God. Even when you share the gospel, it is not your eloquence, it's not your determination, it's not what you got, apart from the anointing that will make the difference. It is God that does the conviction. Amen? As you, as you share the gospel, 
There are two prayers we're going to pray this morning. Number one, we're going to pray that the Lord magnifies his word in our mouth. Amen? Actually, three. Number two, we're going to pray that for those that are ready for harvest, the Lord will order and direct our steps. Amen? That we'll be led by spirits. Hallelujah. And the third prayer point is that as we begin the second half of the year, we want to commit it unto the Lord. The Bible says that we should not lean upon our understanding, but in all our ways, we should commit it unto him, and he will direct and lead us and guide us aright. So in other words, if you don't commit your ways before him, you will not be led, you will not be guided. But if you commit your ways unto him, God says, I will lead you, I will guide you aright. Amen. Hallelujah. So three prayer points. Number one, what's the first one? Number two, that will be led by spirit. And number three, hallelujah. Sorry, the screen is not working. We'll have had it. So number one, that the word of God will be magnified in our mouth. And number two, that will be led by spirit to the harvest field. And number three, that this, the second half of the year, we want to commit the second half of the year unto the Lord. So that we will be led and be guided by his spirits in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why not find someone that you pray together with? Because, you see, the Bible says that with one, you chase a thousand. With two, you choose, you chase ten thousand. Hallelujah. So, you want to multiply the effects, the effects of your prayer, of your presence. So, choose someone this morning. Choose someone this morning that you're going to pray with. You're going to pray with, and you're not just going to pray with them today. You're going to pray with them for the rest of this month. Hallelujah. You are going to pray with them for the rest of this week. Beg your pardon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We bless you, Lord, for your word that has gone forth. I pray that this word will not return to you void, but they will accomplish the purpose to which you sent them forth. I pray that, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we pray for one another, that in the name of Jesus, that you magnify your word in our mouth, in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God Almighty, that you lead and guide us, O oh God, to the harvest field, O oh God. We pray, O oh God Almighty, that Lord God, your desire will be our desire. In the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, for all everyone under the remit of our influence, O oh God, that Lord, not under our watch, O oh God, will any of this one, O oh God, suffer perdition in the name of Jesus. But they will come to the saving knowledge of your grace and your power in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God Almighty, that, Lord, your righteousness will be revealed unto them in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God Almighty, that, Lord God, even as we begin the second half of the year, that in the name of Jesus, that, Lord, we commit it unto you, that you lead and you guide us, O oh God. We pray for your presence, O oh God Almighty, to guide us, O oh God. 
Go before us. Go ahead of us. Be with us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Cause your name, O God Almighty, to be praised, O God. Lord, we bless your name, Lord. Le Fatayalaba. Le Proko Sotoyalabakata. Let your spirit, O God. Zibalaboskara. Le Keteyalabakata Labakata. Let there be an outflow, O God, of your spirit, O God. Lele Suya Dayalababa. Le Katayalabo Rabasondayalabaraba. Le Keteye Le Ketede Gerebo. Affirm your words, O God, in our spirit, O God. In the name of Jesus. Let your praises rise unto the Lord. Let your prayer rise unto the Lord. Repo Thank you for the blood, O God. Thank you for the blood, O God. Thank you for the blood, O God. All the steps, O God. In the name of Jesus. To the harvest field, O God. Thank you, Lord Almighty, for blessing our feet, O God. Zila la bokayala, la la bakoto kata, la la bakata la ba 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 ba. Oh Lord of Kali, the Reborobo, leke sanda yala ba la ba ba. Let your glory, O God, zile bokoto, zile kata yala ba 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 ba. Lokoto koto yala bakata la kalaba, leke te yele boto lo boro boro bo. Halaba sunda yala ba ba, leke te yala bakoto yala ba ba ba. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord Almighty, for your word that has gone forth this morning. We ask, O God Almighty, that Lord, you perfect everything that concerns us in the name of Jesus. I pray, O God Almighty, that Lord, under our watch, O God, no one will face perdition in the name of Jesus. I pray, O God Almighty, that Lord, this word, O God, will not stand in judgment, O God, against anyone under the sound of my breath, O God. That in the name of Jesus, that Lord, your desire and your passion, O God, to express and share the gospel, O God Almighty, will be strong in our spirit in the name of Jesus. As you desire, O God, that all men be saved and come to the saving knowledge of your truth in the name of Jesus. Father, Lord Almighty, we pray that, Lord, you magnify your word, O oh God, in our mouth, O oh God, this morning, in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God Almighty, that, Lord God, you confirm your words, O oh God, in our lives, O oh God, with signs and with wonders in the name of Jesus. Father, bless, O oh God, every hand, O oh God Almighty. I pray that, Lord, through your hands, O oh God Almighty, healings, deliverance, and miracles, O oh God, will be wrought in the name of Jesus.